My guests today are fifth and sixth generation Arkansans, Rhett and Catherine Tucker. Catherine, do you go by Tucker Mahan? Or Catherine just t- Tucker. Just Catherine Tucker. My okay. son is Tucker Mahan, but Tucker is his first name. I was going to say that's his name. Yeah. <laughs> That's his real name. That's how we solve that problem. Okay, good. Uh, Rhett is a certified public accountant, has a BS in commerce from Washington and Lee University in Virginia, an MBA from the University of Arkansas. For over three decades, Rhett has been a powerhouse in commercial real estate, brokering deals for both commercial and residential development in Arkansas. You would be hard-pressed not to find his company name, Moses Tucker Real Estate, on any number of construction sites in downtown Little Rock. His economic achievements and revitalization to downtown has won him numerous awards, both professionally and civilly. In addition, I'm excited to have joining us today his lovely daughter, Catherine Tucker. The nut doesn't fall far from the tree, as Catherine has proved to be successful and civic-minded in her own right. She is a high school graduate from the Historic Central High School in Little Rock, Arkansas, and graduated magna cum laude from the University of Pennsylvania with a BFA in photography. Her resume after college continues to impress by having worked on TV films such as, I was impressed with this, and this is only a few, Bones, Glee, Antiquities, and now you're working on a documentary for the former governor, Mike Beebe. That's right. I love that. And if that is not enough, you recently signed on as the executive director for the startup Arkansas Cinema Society, whose mission is to build a film community in Arkansas where film lovers can watch films, share ideas, connect with each other, and nurture the new and existing film talent within our state. It is a pleasure to welcome to the table this community-minded powerhouse father-daughter team, Rhett and Catherine Tucker. Thanks. Thanks, Carrie. Thank you, Carrie. Good to be here. Yeah. So when I read, you're both uh, longtime Arkansans. I read a little bit about your father. Tell me about being a fifth-generation Arkansan. Well, you know, we love Arkansas. Catherine and I both went out of state to college, but I always wanted to come back and particularly help Little Rock become a, a, a greater city. And so, I mean, my family's been involved. My, my grandfather was in the state legislature. My dad was a, a, on the school board in Little Rock. My son's in the state legislature, and so it's just kind of in our DNA to try to, to make the place a better place for people to live. I forgot about Clark. <laughs> oh, yeah, Clark Tucker. He could be our governor one day. He's got the makeup to do that. He's got the drive to do that. No comment. <laughs> uh, so your grandfather was in the legislature. Yes. Uh, My great-grandfather was governor and a U.S. senator, and that was on my mom's side, and my grandfather on my father's side was uh, was in the state legislature. So what was your mother's maiden name? A Williams. And he was the governor? He was the governor? No. My mom's uh, grandfather, grandfather was the governor, James P. Clark, oh. and was U.S. senator around the turn of the century. Wow. You, have they written a history book about your family and how you got here? Did you come? Did they come down the Arkansas River? No history book that I know of, and there are probably some few horse thieves in there, too, that, I, that I'm not telling you about. <laughs> <laughs> so, Catherine, did you feel any pressure when you were in Central High School and you were going to graduate and you thought, oh, my gosh, I'm a sixth-generation family of these successful people? Did you feel the pressure? Uh, I felt the pressure to get out of here. 
for a little bit and then come back and sort of bring the the whole hero's journey, go out and learn something new and bring it home to your community. And that I felt not necessarily pressure, but I felt, I just feel an obligation to do that. Did you always want to be in film? Uh, I wanted to be a photographer, but I think part of the reason I've formed the Arkansas Cinema Society with Jeff is I think I would have known I wanted to do film if I had been exposed to it earlier. And photography was what I was exposed to, was able to be exposed to here. And so that's what I got into. And that's what I went to school for. Um, And then the second I found film, I knew instantly that's what I wanted to do. The first time I went to a film set, I knew that's where I needed to be. What year did you graduate from high school? 96. So in 96, there was not any film opportunities in Little Rock? Um. None that I knew of. Yeah. And, and Jeff and I both have commented on that. Jeff? Jeff Nichols is the co-founder of the Arkansas Cinema Society with me. And he, um, was the writer director of Loving and Mud. And he was a year behind me in high school. We were in plays together at Second Presbyterian and the Arkansas Arts Center. And so we sort of got into theater and then I kind of got into photography. And if you combine those two, that's film. Um, but I, I just didn't feel any outlet for film when I was living here. And I, I, the opportunities are so much better than they used to be, but we want to make them even better for, for young people. Hasn't somebody else already tried to start an organization like this? When, didn't they try to start this not too long ago and get some tax credits for the, uh, by the legislature and it kind of fell through? I don't know. Didn't uh, Carrie, Carrie an, uh, a producer? Uh, Carrie Elder? Yeah. Didn't she try to I'm do something? I'm not sure if there was anything exactly like this. Ah, you'll have to explain to me what the difference yeah. is. Well, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure what, sh- what she did. Um, she had a production company, mm-hmm. um, and, which I have also. But this, this nonprofit right now is really more about educating youth, exposing the community to filmmakers from outside the state, and giving Arkansan filmmakers a place to screen their films. And a way to meet one another. And you want it to be a statewide. That's why it's called the Arkansas That's Cinema. Right. You don't want it to just yeah. be the Little Rock. Because there's the Little Rock Film Festival. Right. But that doesn't really... The, the Little Rock Film Festival had a really nice run for 10 years. But the organizers of it, uh, a couple of years ago, kind of let it go. They were busy elsewhere in their career, and they, they could not continue it. So They needed to make money in their life. Yeah, probably so. And they're, they're, they're doing a great job. So that's, you know, we... A group of people started meeting after the demise of the Little Rock Film Festival to see, you know, how that void could be filled. And it has evolved into the Arkansas Cinema Society, really taking on a different mission entirely from what the Little Rock Film Festival had, largely because of Jeff Nichols' direction and inspiration. Because the Little Rock Film Festival wasn't really about making films. It was about reviewing films, right? It was really just about screening films. Watching them. Yeah. And the the difference between what a a traditional film festival does and what we're doing is there's submissions. For for a traditional festival, there's thousands of submissions. There's people watching those films and and, uh, accepting them into their, to screen at their festival. We are a curated festival, much like Ebert Fest, which is sort of our design um, but we're also year round, so we're going to do programming and screenings year round, not just. Ooh, you got your work cut out. Yeah. For you. Okay, Rhett. You and Jimmy Moses have been a huge part of the success of the revitalization of downtown Little Rock. How in the world did you get 
the cojones to start this huge project 25 years ago? Easy answer. Many, many, many partners. A whole lot of people have been involved in this from lenders to investors to people who've bought homes to restaurateurs to retailers to city government. Uh, a lot of partners have, have made. But not what, in the beginning. In the beginning, somebody had to go. How did it all begin? Did you go to the city and say. Well, let me take you back. Okay. Uh, most of the 20th century, Little Rock turned its back on the river. When I was growing up in Little Rock in the 50s and 60s, what we had on the river was the uh, county jail and the uh, A. Tenenbaum scrap metal dealer and then the Chris and Shaver uh, gravel operation. So that was your riverfront. And uh, so uh, actually started talking about a riverfront park in the late 70s and 80s. And then in the early 90s, uh, they put together a long-range planning uh, process for the city. The, the city, the, I guess the city leaders did. but Mayor Daly or somebody? Mayor Daly. There were about 300 people involved on like 12 task forces. To, to look at the city's future. And one of the primary uh, goals to come out of that was to reclaim the riverfront. And so that was kind of the beginning of, of the River Market District. And, you know, we had to hire the requisite uh, expert from Philadelphia to come in and tell us, give us some good ideas. And one of the best things he told us was, take everything you can find that works and is movable and put it in the same area so that you begin to build some critical mass and, and some synergy. So we had a pretty good farmer's market in the base of the parking deck at 6th and Scott. You had an old uh, history museum in MacArthur Park. And once you'd seen the, the, the sole mummy they had there, you, you know, that was probably about all you needed to go for. So that was moved down into the River Market District. So now the Museum of Discovery. Where, no, wait, there's a mummy in the, in the river? The, the, no, there was a mummy in the other. Uh, I'm sure it's in their archive somewhere. They, they had a mummy. No, I'd like to see that. All right. <laughs> but now Kelly Bass runs the Museum of Discovery, and he's just done a fantastic job with that. We also persuaded Bobby Roberts to move the main branch of the public library into what was the old Phones Brothers Warehouse and is now their flagship and now part of a, a three- or four-building campus down there. So they're a major anchor. About that time, we had a president uh, elected from the state of Arkansas, and he, he had a decision to make about where to put his presidential library. And so uh, Georgetown wanted it, Yale wanted it, Hope wanted it, Hot Springs wanted it, Little Rock wanted it. And we, we told him, President Clinton, you need to come to Little Rock, be part of something bigger. Many of the existing presidential libraries are in either isolated or remote areas that are really not part of anything else. Even Kennedy's in Boston, which is a major metropolitan area, you have to take the subway and then get on a bus to get out to that point that it's on. Uh, they say cab drivers in Atlanta really don't even know where the Carter Library is. And so, and so President Clinton said, I agree, I, I want to I put it in Little Rock. About 50 different sites all over central Arkansas were submitted. We said, come come, be part of what we're trying to do down here. As a result, it's only the second presidential library that's at an interstate exit. And it's the only one that's within walking distance of the city's major hotels and convention center. So in November of 1997, he committed to, to put the library down here. And that, that, was, that was a huge commitment for us because it 
ultimately brought the Heifer headquarters adjacent to it, and it spawned a lot of other developments. So when I talk about there being many partners, I'm, I'm telling the truth, all the way from the President of the United States to Mary Beth Ringgold, who put the copper grill uh, in the 303rd Tower 10 years ago. She'd had great success with Capers and Cajun's Wharf. She said, I want to do something downtown. That's just an example. I know you've had the Bruno brothers on here too. A 65-year-old business, been in three or four locations in Little Rock, shut down in, in West Little Rock, and were really just down for about two years. And both Gio and Vinny told me, we cannot go to the grocery store without somebody saying, when are you going to reopen? So they were they were kind of the first ones to jump and, and say, we'll, we'll go on Main Street. And so it takes some other visionary people who buy into the dream, and now they've got a, you can't get in there. You cannot get in it's there. It's like Yogi Berra said, nobody goes there. It's too crowded. <laughs> and so they're, they're another good example of, of, of people that. But all of that came after you guys did the planning in the 70s and decided to start well, making changes. It, the, the, big, the big plans really started in the 90s after that future Little Rock planning process. How, how did you get involved, you personally? Was it because you were in real estate already? I, I was already in real estate, and I uh, believe and love Little Rock. And I thought that's where maybe the private sector could make the biggest difference. In 1990, I was looking for property to put Arkansas flag and banner downtown. And everywhere I went, Jimmy Moses, and I guess you too, Rhett, had just made a bid on the property. That's how I ended up where I am now. Because every one of those on 2nd Street, I'd go, this is a good one for a flag stop. And I'd go in there and go, Jimmy Moses just made a bid on this. I was like, golly, who is this guy, Jimmy Moses? <laughs> good for you and good for him. <laughs> yeah, it worked out perfectly. Yeah, it worked out for everybody. Because my the building I bought was inexpensive and beautiful. I can't even imagine that. Yeah, maybe. you had a documentary made by Gabe Mahan about by your Catherine's building. Catherine's husband. Yeah, mm -hmm. nominated for four regional Emmys, I might. Gabe just told me that this yeah. week. Mm -hmm. I, I've got to go online and find out how that is. We keep it in the family. You really do. <laughs> so did you use low income housing tax credits? I just watched a thing on TV. We, we, we have not done that. We have extensively used historic tax credits when we can, when we can take a building that's on the historic register and we can rehabilitate it and bring it back to its original grandeur. Then we, we, we use historic tax credits. But do you sell them? Uh, yes and no. Uh, I'll tell you about our biggest project where we combined historic tax credits and uh, another federal program called New Market Tax Credits. It's the project we did at 4th and Main called called The Man that is a, a typical of us is a mixed-use project. It includes Samantha's uh, Restaurant and Bruno's, uh, state office buildings in the old uh, Blast department store. The uh, architect was Woodrow Mann, who's also the architect for the state capitol. So we call the project the Man Project, and uh, and then above Bruno's are 19 loft apartments. Then we built a parking deck in the back to kind of accommodate everybody. So, are they full? Absolutely, been full since the day they opened. And so now you know now you see Main Street is, is coming alive, and now across the street, uh, this is the 300 block of Main. Uh, Tommy Lasseter and his uh, team put two restaurants in uh, what's called the old Rose Building that. Ornate two-story building. That's not the, the Rose Law Firm. No, not Rose Law Firm. It's it's called the Rose Building. And then at long last, really, the K-Lofts Project, which is thirty loft apartments across the, literally across the street from Bruno's. Are there enough people to want all this housing? 
You know, that's, that's a great question because when you see a developer come to Maumelle or Chenal or Bowman Road, they're putting up 300 apartments in, in 18 buildings. We've done 36 here, 19 there. Our first project was the Tough Nut Lofts in 1999, was 23 apartments. So we've not really flooded the market. The Clayton on Scott, which is between 9th and 10th, it's 47 units. Uh, because of the way we've rolled out the supply, we've not oversupplied the market. And there's what, what's the one down across uh, across from the bus station? Is that yours? Yes, we'll, uh, we've got two across from the bus station. One's called MacArthur Commons, kind of in honor of MacArthur Park. How many is that? That is 59. It's been open about three years. I was going to say, that's a pretty big, that seems like your biggest it's one. 50, it is, so far it is. And then uh, Legion Row, which is across Capitol Avenue from the bus station. And behind where the new bowling alley is called Dust Bowl, eight-lane bowling alley, with a full bar and restaurant. And then across the alley from it, Bachelor Hall, a German beer hall. Are you scared to death you're going to go bankrupt with one bad step? We're, we, we've gone too far now. We can't worry about that anymore. You are rolling the bowling alley. You are rolling the bones on these. A bowling alley downtown. Of course, everybody loves to bowl. No, hey, I, I, I love I'm, to bowl. I'm much more cautious than my partner. And I think I read something else you were putting in downtown. A oh, theater, a movie theater. Did I read you were putting in a no, movie that's theater? That's her. That's you, Catherine? Not yet. But I think your dad will but, be yeah. helping you. But, I know a real estate guy. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds to me like you have you you've got more than just a few apartments downtown. It sounds yeah. like you've got hundreds. And don't you have yeah. some condos that you can sell? That you said didn't you sell a bunch of condos also? We did. Upper we, we, end. <laughs> from a developer end, we have eleven condos left to sell, and so we we are looking to sell those out. But yeah, we've built about three hundred condos, so there are three hundred homeowners in the River Market District. That makes a difference too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big difference. Do you ever see an end? No. Not in the near future. Hey, what do you What do you see for the future of downtown? Well, I love the tech park, and I think the Little Rock's kind of getting on the tech train. And uh, job growth is just so important to any city, as is leadership. Uh, the cities that do well uh, have dynamic leadership, both business and elected, and they have dynamic growing businesses. And so... I think the Little Rock Technology Park is a great addition. I think they're doing good things. Charles Morgan's got two high-tech companies in the Museum Center, one a Nouveau, the other called Privacy Star, and uh, they have about 100 employees. Another well-known real estate developer in Little Rock, Hank Kelly, once said on this show that there are 11 signs for civic success, and they're all listed in a book that every Rotarian reads, Our Towns by James and Deborah Fallows. At this halfway point in our conversation with Rhett Tucker, let's see how many of those 11 things we've been able to accomplish in Little Rock because of real estate developers like Rhett Tucker and Hank Kelly. First, people work together on practical local possibilities rather than allowing bitter disagreements about national politics to keep them apart. That's so important. I'm afraid that we all spend too much time listening to echo conversations by certain brands of news. And we don't take the time to listen to a different point of view. Which brings me to another one of the uh, 11, inclusive and open to attracting new types of people. If you don't 
have the ability to just spend all of your life traveling and meeting people, it's just necessary to open your heart and your mind to someone that's different than you and live through them, live through their travel experiences, live through the experiences they have had as a Jewish person or as a Hindu or as a Christian or as an African-American. And don't limit your knowledge as a person to just what you know. There's um, nine more. I'll hit the highlights of them. Hit it. So you can pick out the local patriots. Who are our heroes? Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Okay, so, so you know, Mayor Frank Scott is trying to lead this city right now and help us get our swagger back because swagger is a good thing. The point of that is be proud of where you live. Don't dwell on the negatives. Highlight the positives. Work to improve the negatives. But don't be ashamed of who you are. Don't be ashamed of where we live. I'm so proud to live here. I wouldn't live anywhere else. You're a cheerleader for here. You really are a city cheerleader. Thank you. But but you're right. It's a wonderful place, and we need to be proud of it, and we need to toot our horn and not talk about the Absolutely. things it doesn't have. So the other thing is public-private partnership is a term that's used all over the world. It's all used especially uh, among municipal leaders but having a real public-private partnership. Who would you say that is? Well, it's a project. So let's say that if you go to the Gateway Development where Bass Pro is. Okay. Okay, I, I 430 and I-30. Okay. That was a public-private partnership by virtue of the developer, Tommy Hodges, applying for and utilizing a TIF project to build some infrastructure and streets and sewer connections that allowed that development to get started. Yeah, that was a great addition. I thought it was interesting that they had three conversations about schools, a research university, an innovative and unusual school, and a reputable community college to fill the inequality gap. And we had all three of them. We have all three of them. That's the beauty of this book is if you read the book, and you compare the other cities and towns that he talks about, and you compare Little Rock to that, we have the solution to nearly every one of his 10 and a half or 11 points. I thought this one was interesting, which I've never thought of. An innovative, unusual school. And if that's not the Clinton School of Public Service, I don't know what is. Or you look at the East End schools. They're very innovative. And, of course, everyone knows this one, a great downtown. Great downtown. We're so lucky in Little Rock relative to the size of our community. We have a 40-story building downtown that we're involved with. We also have the River Market area. We have Soma. We have so many entertainment areas to go to. I love Flyway Brewery over in North Little Rock. It's just a fabulous setting, and it's just yeah, the Argenta District in North Rock. The Argenta District is on fire. I know. You, that uh, speaking of breweries, Craft Brewery was actually one of the eleven. It's a great indicator of the spirit of your community. Comparing our city to that list of eleven things needed for civic success, I think we get a pretty good report card. Let's get back to our interview with Rhett Tucker on Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy. What does your day consist of, Rhett? What time do you get up go to work? I'm not an early riser, but really? I'll stay as late as I need to. Your wife stays up late too. I just have yeah. To we're 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 not um, we're not morning people. 
So you you go to work, and what do you do? Meetings all day long, putting people together you know, I'd, all I'd, day long. I'd rather, really, rather be doing things than sitting in meetings. Meetings are necessary. A friend of mine said there should never be any meeting longer than an hour. I agree. I'd with probably that. cut that back, but but in any event, no. Every every day is a little different. So, what do you think the key factor is to your success downtown? I mean, there's got to be something. We've tried to build quality projects, and we think the mixed use is very important. What they call the 24-hour community used to be the old joke downtown was the last guy out at 5 p.m. Would you flip out the light? Yeah. And so now we have people coming home at 5 p.m. And you we live have, downtown? I do not. <gasps> Interesting. I've owned a condo downtown. I, I currently live been living in the same house for 31 years. So can't pry him out with a sti- with no, a crowbar no, or dynamite. So. Yeah. But but I I do have some investments downtown. Yeah, and you shop downtown. I shop downtown, eat downtown all the time, lunch work and downtown. dinner, work downtown. Um, you're going. You've opened in Fayetteville. Why? Well, uh, dynamic part of the state, and uh, we had a real opportunity to open an office up there, and uh, it's been about 18 months ago. It's gone gone very well. It seems as you know the very dynamic economy up there, growing like crazy, and. It's probably a good place to have a real estate office. Yeah, are you building condos and or apartments? No, we we uh, we manage quite a bit of property, and then we bought a, a an older building just off the square in Fayetteville that we're completely renovating and leasing it, and uh, excited about that. Are they going to put any? Do they have any rules about how high these buildings can go? Because it seems like there's starting to be a lot of really tall. You know, apartments and condos. In the- I, I, well, I think it depends on where it is. I mean, you know, you've really got around the square four or five communities that comprise Northwest Arkansas, and they mm-hmm. all have their different regulations. But around the square in Fayetteville, it seems like we're getting a lot of tall buildings around there. Is there anything? Is there any limitations to that? I, yeah, I think you've got to get through the zoning process to get that accomplished. Mm-hmm. It, it does seem like a great opportunity. If I had any money, I'd be up there buying a, a property and building apartments too yeah there are a lot of apartments being built well the uh arkansas lottery has really put a lot of money into all the communities that have colleges right now yeah. and they're all growing Catherine, my child you are a very impressive resume we talked about it when we first came on you're a filmmaker you're magnum cum laude from your uh pennsylvania school when it pennsylvania said yeah earlier? university of pennsylvania yeah. uh and you have worked for TV, Bones and Glee. You have worked on films, Kill Bill, Gangs of New York, Frida, I love Frida, Chicago, and independent film, Loggerhead. And in Arkansas, you've worked on all, I think you were the producer or co producer of All the Birds Have Flown South and yep. Antiquities. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen All the Birds Have Flown South because it's a serious drama. It's a serious drama. It's a psychological thriller, is what we're calling it. Well, even raft of humor. <laughs> yes, very. Uh, even her, even Joy Lauren Adams' sister told me it was hard to watch. It's hard to watch. Yeah. So, but everybody should see it. That's what everybody says. I'm going to make it's myself. Re- it's a really well done film, and it and and Joy deserves an Oscar. Oh my God, her performance was tremendous. That's what I've heard. All of the performances were so great. Everything was really well done. Yeah. They should, y'all should be proud of yourself. And then Antiquities, uh, who's the star in that? Uh, Andrew West is the lead, uh, leading male, and Ashley Green is the leading lady. And uh, Arkansas and Mary Steenburgen has a guest appearance. I thought um, so. Kind of a cameo role. She was gracious enough to come do that for us. You know, we called her Mary Nail in high school. 
So whenever I see her, I just put the little dig in. Mary Nell. (laughs) (laughs) And and then I got another person that was on the radio with me was Rick St. Vincent. Oh, yeah. He was, he's uh, also on the board of the Dreamland Ballroom, mm-hmm. and he was in it. He said it was going to be a great film. Uh, <laughs> uh, and a documentary on the former Governor Mike Beebe. I bet yes, he's ma'am. fun. Oh, so it's been a really, really fun documentary. Um, he is a great subject. The documentary was very easy because he is incredible on camera. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Um, so you're now, on top of all this stuff you do, you are the executive director for the Arkansas Cinema Society with Jeff Nichols. Yes. So, uh, Catherine, the mission statement of the Arkansas Cinema Society is to build a film community in Arkansas where film lovers can watch films, share ideas, connect with each other, and nurture the new and existing film talent within our state through increased exposure to filmmakers in their art. At the beginning of the show, you talked a little bit about why you and Jeff thinks this is important. Can you tell that story about photography and high school and one more time? Sure, sure. So um, my own personal story is that I was interested in photography and theater growing up in Arkansas, and I think if I had been exposed to film sooner, I would have had a better idea sooner that that's what I wanted to do. And I went to... um, college for photography and minored in communications and took marketing and all of those things. It's just all like filmmaking if you just put them in a blender. Um, And then I worked for a a celebrity photographer when I moved to New York for the first year. And I, through him, uh, met some folks at Miramax, which was, you know, that's the place to be at that time. And um, went to work at Miramax and got on my first film set and just knew instantly that's what I wanted to do. Um, but Jeff has a different, a different journey, but, but similar in that he was also kind of deprived of the being exposed to the filmmaking world here in Arkansas. And, um, both of us just really want to, uh, help increase the film community and build it, not just the industry of it, but, the interest in it and sort of bring cinema as an art form more into the community. You know, I've learned this since I started the show that behind every great leader is a teacher. And she just, again, just validated that. I hear that over and over and over. So you and Jeff somehow tied up, met up with each other and started talking about this. How did it, how did it come to be? Well, so we had the, um, the, when the Little Rock Film Festival shut its doors, every, there were so many disappointed people, myself included, because much of my filmmaking career in Little Rock is a result, um, either primary or secondary, of the Little Rock Film Festival and people that met there. And you know, my husband, Gabe Mahan, met Josh and Miles Miller and Daniel Campbell, and they they've all been collaborators ever since. And, and so there's a real need for that kind of organization here. And so when it closed its doors, you know, there's 30 of us kind of got together and said, what do we do and how do we replace this? Um, And so we kind of met over a year or so. And then Jeff did his screening of loving and we, I ran into him there and we, he kind of asked what I was up to. And I said, you know, we're trying to get a festival going again here. And he said, well, let's not do a festival. Let's do, what 
the Austin Film Society is done in Austin. And so it all happened really quickly. What I, is that? So what, I, is, what is the Austin The Society Austin done? Film Society has been around for 30 years, and Richard Linkletter originally founded it. And it was kind of a bunch of filmmaker friends in their basement sharing movies. And then it kind of grew out of that into what it is today, which is a huge organization. It's a nonprofit that, that participates in all the different festivals. Um, really, it will in, definitely in Austin, but also in the state, but they offer grant programs. They have a studio. Um, they have their own theater. They do screenings weekly, monthly. They have host filmmakers. They have, I mean, it's, it's tremendous what they're doing. And um, I wish you'd do all of that in the Dreamland Ballroom. Wouldn't that cool. be fun to have a little stage that, that, that helps kids? And You know, I love kids and helps kids in the Dreamland Ballroom. Of course, my stage is not very big. Yeah, I love the Dreamland Ballroom. It'd be great to do something there. What we're planning on doing is doing these monthly screenings where we bring in a filmmaker and they screen a couple of films and talk about them after each of the films. We have a guests a host to kind of if we bring in a cinematographer then maybe a cinematographer asks the questions if we bring in so it'll we really want there to be a conversation about the film just a little aside during this interview if you're a movie fan but you've never been to one of these kinds of film screenings where the director or some of the actors appear afterwards and talk about the movie it's a really great experience Here's a sample of some of the screenings and conversations that the Arkansas Cinema Society has already done. This one, for example, was after a screening of some of the TV show, The Last Man on Earth. Will Forte and Mary Steenburgen were on stage to talk about it. There were so many challenges in that way, because there were ways that you could practically uh, do stuff blocking off traffic in places, but then your son we had to rely on for so many things, taking taking whole freeways and removing every car from it, uh, like that kind of stuff, removing bugs. We shot in the same soundstage that the Series 24 was shot on, which is in Chatsworth, California, and, you know, we loved our soundstage, but <laughs> there came a time where there was one friggin' cricket. And it made so much noise. Remember this? And nobody could find it, and everybody looked for it. So eventually we just started saying that's the only thing left, and she started cooking them up for all of us. Kristen, you, you have an interesting story about cooking the oh crickets, don't gosh. you? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. When we were eating crickets, I was just eating the crickets. And Real I, crickets. What? Real, Real crickets. crickets. And then I discovered at take after take after take, that everyone else had opted for like delicious date dates that looked like crickets, and I was the only one just pounding crickets. We were gonna tell you eventually. Another one of the screenings that the Arkansas Cinema Society has sponsored had to do with the movie that was referred to earlier in the conversation today. All the birds have flown south. Starring Joey Lauren Adams, North Little Rock native. In this session, Jeff Nichols, co-founder of ACS, talked with the directors of the film. Yeah, well, I mean, we try to work everything out while we write, but it's like, you know, when you say trust your instincts, when you're a team, your instincts may not be your instincts. I think you have to pick your battles and figure out what's the most important to you. I mean, I do think there, there's some stuff in this film, I'll never say what it is, but that I feel like, you know, I gave up too easy you know, 
debating. Not that it's bad. I just like oh. I, I wanted something, and he wanted another way. And I'm like, but... that's not that's not that important to me. I'll fight about something else. This is gonna be like the Gallagher brothers up here or something. <laughs> Two more examples for you of what these screenings and conversations are like. This one was with the director of Stranger Things 2 at the Arkansas Cinema Society. Usually with the stuff I work on, uh, there's a little bit of a holding back a little bit for how thrilling or how shocking or how scary you can get. And on this show, you can just lean in, you know. So I was able to kind of let go 100% how disturbing I might want something to go. And, I, and I'm not one of these guys, I'm, I'm, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm not a horror junkie. Uh, I just like a really good movie, and I like, and I like anything to actually to be warranted to be used. Like, if we're going to scare you, I don't want to do it just gratuitously. I don't want to do it for no reason. I want it to mean something. So um, it was fun to have such well-written scripts where the reason we were trying to spook you here wasn't just to get a rise out of you or the reason we were swearing wasn't because we were trying to be naughty. It was like, this is what a real kid would do in this moment and say in this moment. This is what really happened in that moment. And that was so freeing and so enjoyable. And on this occasion, the last one we'll play for you, the director of Toy Story 4 was in town and spoke with Jeff Nichols on stage at one of the Arkansas Cinema Society's screenings. I've got a... a kind of technical um, extension of that question. So technology has advanced so far from where you all started. And now we've seen Lion King, and we know what is possible in a, in a computer, in a room. How have you guys kind of carried it forward, advanced it with technology, but made decisions of like, that's too real? I had that, that's the first problem we had that on was Nemo. I, I didn't know if we could do underwater right, and we were having a hard time trying to figure it out. So... We took four shots from different National Geographic specials and I, that sort of were the variety of how you might see water in the movie. And I said, try to match these shots, shot for shot. And we did it so well, we couldn't tell which one was ours and which one was theirs. And that's, 2000 and, that's in the year 2000 we did that. Wow. And so that's when we knew, like, oh, we have to actually prepare for what is the hyper-reality we want, what's the style of hyper-reality we want to choose. And even in there, there's lots of little subtle choices. So basically for the last 20 years, we make a conscious choice of how photoreal to go or not based on each show, just the way a costume designer or a production designer might make a specific design choice. So I went as close as I could to reality with Wally uh, consciously, but with something like Nemo and Dory, I'm like, they're fish with eyes. If I go too real, it's going to look really it's creepy real and weird. <laughs> you can keep up with screenings and conversations that the Arkansas Cinema Society sponsors on their website, ArkansasCinemaSociety.org. Now back to Carrie McCoy's interview with Rhett Tucker and his daughter, Catherine. Let me throw something in, too. Sure. When, when the uh, Cinema Society was announced, it got extensive coverage in L.A., and even nationwide, and the uh, Little Rock can always use some good PR, but maybe particularly most recently with our crime and shootings, it's good to get some good PR for a change. And the announcement of the program was picked up by the Washington Post and Miami Herald, uh, really uh, paper newspapers all over the country. Wow. What made it special? Jeff Nichols. Oh, yeah. And Mary Steenburgen's on our board. Uh, Governor Mike Beebe's on our board. Um, Kathy Webb, we've got some really heavy hitters on our board that are wanting this to be, to to succeed and happen. So 
Did we get tax credits for it yet for films that come to town? Did we ever get tax credits to the legislature? We do have tax credits, yeah. Good, because, you know, they, we had it for a while. They took it away. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if we ever got it back. Got to have them. You've got to have them. Everybody mm-hmm. else has got them. You've got to have them. Yep. It's $80 billion business in Georgia now. And if we turn the Main Street downtown Little Rock into the, uh, what's it called, the Creative Corridor? Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, the tech park, you know, for me, it seems like a very natural place for us to be around because so much of filmmaking is technical. And, you know, I, I've said this before, but the there's not just actors and, and directors on movies. There's, depending on the size of the film, usually around 250 people that touch it. And a lot of those people make really good livings. Um, so it's, it's an industry, and it's one of the, the only art industries that the only art art forms that is also an industry. And I think it's tremendously important for economic development. Um, and, uh, also just to build up the, the arts culture in the city is, you know, really the heart of the city. Well, it's a whole nother industry. Yeah. You're building a whole, you're bringing a whole nother industry to, to, uh, Arkansas. And it's like you said, it's going to be statewide. So what goes on up in Bentonville? And there's something different in Bentonville. Yeah, there's the Bentonville Film, Bentonville Film Festival. And um, I, it- we've, I, you know, ACS has met with them several times. We're far, very friendly and they want to host events down here with us and we want to host up events up there with them. And um, but it's a festival, so it's it's a little bit different than what we're doing. So, it's not really com- com- competitive. No, no. Very complementary to each other. Yes. What happened to the Hot Springs Film Festival? It's still going strong. It's doing really well. So we've got the Little Rock Film Festival, though, you said, is actually what you are left over from. It's debunked, yes. and you've yes. created this new cinema, Arkansas Cinema Society from yes. those people. And then we've got the Hot Springs Film Festival. We've got the Bentonville Film Festival. There's a film festival in El Dorado. Also, um, but we really want to partner and support, you know, everything. Yeah, there needs to be a connect. And mm -hmm. there's, in my mind, there's not any uh, competition with any of these other festivals. Do you think, right, it really should build off of each other. Exactly. And and All all ships rise. That's right. And if you kind of keep up with each other, you won't be in competition of picking the same dates. Right. And when you're in communication, then you're not overlapping. And yeah. So do you think theater and film are at all alike? Very similar, I think. I think very similar people get into both. Jeff and I both <laughs> did plays at the art center, but he could sing. I couldn't. So I was like a log in, in some things and maybe a tree in one. Well, they I think knew. I was a rock in one, a silent fairy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've risen up now. <laughs> Behind the camera. All right. So, uh, Catherine and Rhett, this is a question for both of you. We're dreaming big. That's all I really ever do. If you could dream as big as you could dream, what would your dreams be? You have to start with economic development, Rhett, first and go first. Jobs, jobs for everybody. Greatest social program ever created. I'd like to see Little Rock at the next level. I'd like to see uh, unified uh, leadership, business, civic, institutional, educational, be on the same agenda and, and want the same things, want big things for Little Rock, and work together to accomplish those goals. Wow, Catherine, I'm sorry you have to follow that. I know. So, Catherine, if you were going to dream as big <clears throat> as you could dream, what would you dream? 
Um, well, for the ACS, uh, what I would dream is that we have a state-of-the-art theater in downtown Little Rock, um, the most comfortable seats in Arkansas, the biggest screen in Arkansas, the best sound in Arkansas, and would have monthly screenings much like they do at the Clinton School or they or even weekly weekly screenings with filmmakers, um, big filmmakers, and we would become like TED Talks and would be online and, and people would be like, what, did you see that talk from the ACS? And, um, and we would have a bar restaurant adjacent to the theater and we would screen movies all weekend and it would be someplace where people would come hang out and eat and go see a movie. Um, and then I would also kind of a, partnership dream is just to build the film industry in Arkansas so that my husband doesn't have to go out of town so much and we can both make movies in Arkansas and have Arkansas become known as a filmmaking hub, um, much like New Orleans or Atlanta. You know, I do feel like Little Rock and just all of Arkansas is right on the cusp. And there's a part of me that almost doesn't want anybody to know about us. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand the economic development. I know we need the jobs, and I know. I think you're not the only one. <laughs> but I don't want to sell out. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. want. I want to have every bit of that, but I want to do it in the right way that we mm-hmm. don't sell ourselves out and just, you know, yeah, turn we're, into. We're big enough where we've got all the amenities that a bigger city has: great art center and a symphony and every, everything that we have. But we're still small enough that people can make a difference. Mm-hmm. I read you said that. In the and you can afford to live here. And you can afford to live here. Is there anything you want to tell, Rhett, to our people about, um, to our listeners about how they can get involved in the downtown? I know you said earlier something about everybody can make a difference. I mean, is there something you want to say that everybody could make a difference? Join the Downtown Little Rock Partnership. Are you the president of that? I'm not. I have been. I'm on the board. Gabe Holmstrom is the executive director and uh, does a great job. He's, you know, he's put on the uh, the doggy parade and the, the alley parties on the weekends, and he, he's very creative. And so if they join, in fact, he's going to uh, collaborate with Catherine on some filming in the fall. If they do uh, the downtown partnership, does that money go to people like Catherine who are trying to do stuff? It really runs their programs and pays their staff. And then to run their program and pay their staff, what do they exactly do down there? Promote Little Rock? Promote pro- promote downtown, promote the businesses downtown, deal with issues like, like I-30, the homeless task force that just met and came up with a recommendation, things like that. So I'm having the mayor on in a couple of weeks, and someone asked me to ask him what he thinks we should do about the trash in downtown Little Rock. I mm. thought that was interesting, and it mostly comes from the homeless people just throwing their trash on the ground. I'm not sure. I, 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 haven't, I have to say I've not heard a lot of complaints about that. Panhandling, yes. Trash, no. I agree. I haven't either. Yeah. But he said he lives close to somewhere where they sit in a parking lot and they just leave their trash everywhere. Hmm. And so I guess it's more his issue. Probably true in every city. Uh, so if people want to uh, rent from you, how do they get in touch with you at Moses Tucker? Uh, MosesTucker.com or 376-6555. And I don't. You don't have all your condos listed on there, do all your properties listed? Yes, we do. You have every one of your properties listed on MosesTucker.com. Yes. All right, Catherine. How do we get buy tickets, get involved with your exciting new Arkansas Cinema Society? We have a website 
that's ArkansasCinemaSociety.org. We're launching our uh, real website next week. We Tickets are for sale on GoElevent.com, and you can also go to our Facebook page, our Twitter account, and our Instagram page, and all of the information is on those as well. And your, we, and your website and your Facebook is Arkansas Society? ArkansasCinemaSociety.org. And if you want to volunteer, mm-hmm. um, email volunteer at ArkansasCinemaSociety.org. And if you have a question, you can email info at ArkansasCinemaSociety.org. And we'll put all of that on the Arkansas Flag and Banner uh, website. Just click on Radio Show, and you can go to this interview, and you can see all of that information. Who's our guest next week, Tim? Uh, next week, you, you already hinted at it, Rivka Cooperman from oh, the right. Arkansas Children's Theater. Yeah. yeah. You should come back, It's a Catherine. good follow-up. It is a good follow-up. Where's my gift for my guest? Here it is. Hold on. All right. Flags. Oh. Well, imagine Surprise. that. Yeah. So this one is, Tim, who's that? That one is Pennsylvania. Who went to Pennsylvania? Catherine. That's the Arkansas flag, the U.S. flag, and the Pennsylvania flag right. desk set for you. Hold on, Rip. Where's the pirate flag? We yeah. have those. We have the, you just yeah. come by flag and banner. Because <laughs> you're a pirate erg. And this one is... My for, favorite state flag. Tim's favorite state flag. Tell our listeners why that's your favorite state flag. Because it has like a Roman gladiator standing over a dead body and it says death to tyrants under it. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Who can argue with that? No. Can we switch? <laughs> Not unless you want Virginia's flag. Those are your alma maters. Thanks, where y'all thank You're you. welcome. That's really fun. In closing, to our listeners, I want to thank you for spending time with us. We hope you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening, and that it, whatever it is, will help you up your business, your independence, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up In Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up. You've been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. For links to resources you heard discussed on today's show, go to flagandbanner.com, select radio, and choose today's guest. If you'd like to sponsor this show or any show, email me, gray, at gray at flagandbanner.com. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week. Stay informed of exciting upcoming guests by subscribing to our YouTube channel or podcast wherever you like to listen. All UIYB past and present interviews are available at Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy's YouTube channel, Facebook page, the Arkansas Democrat Gazette's digital version, flagandbanner.com's website, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just ask your smart speaker to play Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. And by subscribing to our YouTube channel or flagandbanner.com's email list, you will receive prior notification of that day's guest. Carrie's goal is simple, to help you live the American dream. 